The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Uh, you know, you're probably wondering why are you doing a weekend episode of Cruise Radio? It's because, uh, well, it's a special episode, we'll call this, because with the incident uh, aboard Norwegian Breakaway where they sailed into the winter storm, and it's making headlines across all the major TV networks, newspapers, publications, what have you, I figure we might as well tackle the elephant in the room. So on the show this weekend, we have Mary Lou. She just got off of Norwegian Breakaway a few hours ago. Go. And Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, America's most quoted cruise expert here to give us his take on the event. So we'll jump right to our first guest, Mary Lou. Welcome to the show. Yes, nice to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Welcome home. Thank you very much. <laughs> what is your background as far as cruise history? So this is our fourth cruise, David and I, and we this is our third NCL cruise, so our third Norwegian cruise. Okay. Second time that we've sailed out of Manhattan. Okay, yeah, it seems like a lot of NCL fans love to sail Breakaway out of Manhattan. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lovely, you know, out the Hudson, past yeah. the... Yeah, such an uh, iconic sail away out of New York City. So uh, what was the first indication that you might be in for a rough few days at sea? So the first indication that we had was on... Um, the 2nd of January, which was our third sort of port of call, which is Great Stirrup Cay, uh, Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So we were waiting. It was in the morning, sort of 930 or so, and we were waiting in the line to get on a tender to go to the private island. And a bunch of people went out on a tender, and we were going to be on the next one when they decided that it was too rough. Mm-hmm. And what we were told is that the tender operator said it was unsafe to take any more people to the island. And there was a great deal of confusion. And eventually they said, we're not going to the island, we're very sorry, and now we have to evacuate the island and get everyone who was on the island off the island. Now when those poor people were in the tenders, they waited half an hour or more against the side of the ship trying to get off safely. Because that tender, like you could see it, we could see it from the top decks, those tenders going up and down. Then the captain said, all right, we've got everyone off the island. Um, We're going to experience some rough weather. There's some rough weather ahead, so we're going to pull anchor and go. So by the sounds of this, it seems like the rough weather started happening as you were making your way from the Bahamas back to New York. How was the captain in relaying this information to you guys on board? Terrible. I mean, he was very, let's say, um, he, he gave a lot of detail about wind and knots and speed and stabilizers, but he he didn't he he never explained the magnitude of the storm that we were headed into um it was all very flat um we had lots and lots of warnings to uh, use handrails to the point where it became amusing uh to use handrails and not to go out on the open decks so how bad was it on board depended where you were on the ship so we were on the 10th deck um and we had lots and lots of water against our window and so forth, but we didn't have it as bad as people who were further down. So we chatted to a gentleman who, with his family, they were on deck five. They, will, they woke up early in the morning, sort of, you know, sometime between 12 and 3, um, and the boat was on an angle. The ship was on an angle, 
and their whole window is underwater. Wow. I was reading right? where people were sleeping in the atrium. Was that the well, folks did. who were in the lower decks? We saw that. Yeah, we, and the, his family was among them. So he, he had two little kids who were terrified. Those children are going to have, um, you know, if, if they don't have some kind of stress after this, or you know, some emotional distress after this, I'd be surprised. So he brought his family up to the atrium, and they brought their, you know, duvets off their beds, and they and people put chairs in the atrium and slept there. Hmm. You uh, saw them the next morning sleeping there. Wow. As far as the, the staff and crew on board, how were they during the whole situation? So I think you really have to differentiate between senior staff mm-hmm. and regular staff. To me, the biggest problem was that senior staff didn't care to communicate what was going on. Yeah. They, 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 did not, they were not transparent. I mean, if you've ever managed any kind of big event, you have a communications plan, right? right. I'm a Girl Guide leader. At a small Girl Guide camp, we have a communications plan, and you roll it out, based on whatever the situation is, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to have one. Even when it came to the business of canceling the tenders and getting people off the island, there wasn't a clear plan. Huh. And then when this bigger issue happened, you could ask a staff member and they'd tell you one thing and someone else would tell you something else. I mean, if I were the senior management team, I would talk to NCL in Florida and say, what is our communication strategy? And then I would think of all the frequently asked questions and then I would communicate that to my staff so that there was a comfort level that the information was valid and accurate yeah. and transparent. And none of that happened. None of that happened. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. And senior staff in particular were horrid. Um, the um, uh, hotel manager, Vuk uh, Malababic, was horrendous. Mm. I spoke to him. My husband spoke to him. Many people spoke to him on Thursday night after the announcement that we were going to be delayed into, um, into port. And he just, he was arrogant, he was rude, he was callous, he was not at all compassionate or empathetic. At no point did he say, people have no reason to be scared. Yeah. Right? So I went to him, because I'd heard, talked to lots of people by this point, and said, you know, I, I need you to understand that people are frightened. People's children are frightened. People are scared, and we've had no reassurance that we're okay. Well, madam, didn't you just hear the captain say that, you know, all efforts are being made to keep the ship stable? Yes, but that's not reassuring. Yeah. That's not reassuring. At no point have you said we are not in danger. How long or how many hours was the ship being battered for? Well, pretty much from the time that we left uh, Grand Stirrup K Bahamas, everything started to pick up. So by that night, we had three really rough nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday and Wednesday being worse. Thursday night was just emotionally difficult for people because we eventually found out we were not going to be in port for eight, Mm -hmm. and we were not going to be in port until four. And then, of course, all hell broke loose because people had flight arrangements, hotel arrangements, child care arrangements, elder care arrangements. Uh, And eventually, so we learned that about 5.30, but my understanding is that the rest of the world learned it at least 2 p.m., Well before we learned, right? Yeah. Has, um, has Norwegian said anything to you about any form of compensation? Nope. Nope. No? Not at all. Not at all. Huh. Not at all. So I was speaking with another passenger earlier today, and so she, w- she went through the uh, customer relations. So we were all given the customer relations phone number, anyone who bothered to complain. Mm. But apparently when you call there, they say, no, you have to go to NCL and you have to log into My Norwegian, and then you can send them an email, sort of a post-cruise email. 
and it will take up to 15 days for a response, which is just their standard, <laughs> right? So I will, I will be doing that. I've also, of course, direct messaged them on Facebook last night at 9.30 when we got, eventually got to our hotel in New yeah. Jersey. Um, I haven't heard anything, not surprisingly. Interesting, they were communicating uh, Norwegian in Florida with somebody on the breakaway through the day on Thursday, and they verified to him that our ship wasn't going to get in until 4 o'clock in the afternoon before it was announced before it was announced to the rest of us. So to me, that's just disrespectful. Yeah. Um, Eventually on Thursday night after the announcement, they opened up a room with, no, in fact, I think it was even before the announcement, but they didn't tell anybody. <laughs> they opened up a room with six laptops with mm-hmm. free internet access. Okay. And then they opened up four phone lines. But again, there was lack of a communications plan because those two things were never announced. So I'm sure there are people who got off the ship not knowing that they could have accessed those two things to make different arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, and when asked, why don't you just make internet open on board ships so people can just don't have to wait in a line to go into a room, just open up phone lines and internet access. And one of the staff, staff members said, well, people will abuse that. Huh. <laughs> now, and somebody else said, well, we don't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. So again, they didn't think through their communication plan. What is the answer? If the, if, if the answer is we can't, we don't actually have technological capacity to open internet for the entire ship. Okay. Then that's a fact, right? Yeah. But saying people are going to abuse it, that's something else entirely. And we heard both of those things, right? What do you think would be fair compensation? I think, I think a portion of the cruise refunded this cruise, not cruise credit for the next time, because for a lot of people, judging by comments and people, things that people said to me in person, there's not going to be a next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're too traumatized. So I think some kind of uh, financial compensation for this particular cruise. Before you hit um, the Bahamas, was it, a, was it a good cruise before then, going up to that? Okay, I have to say, before we hit the Bahamas, it was fine mm-hmm. compared to our other two cruises. Now, one, one of the times before we were in the Haven, so you can't actually compare that to anything. Right. But I just felt like Norwegian wasn't on their A game. Mm-hmm. Like, we arrived and our stateroom wasn't exactly clean and it was missing things. Like, that's, that's not the Norwegian standard, yeah. right? Um, I had, it seems like a small thing, but it was our 25th wedding anniversary cruise. So we, I had ordered chocolate covered strawberries for our room. I booked them ahead of time on the, on the phone with somebody from Norwegian and been billed for them, at least received a confirmation for them and made sure that they would be in our stateroom for sale away. Well, they weren't. It just didn't seem like the ship was on its A game. Hmm. And then this happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Individual staff members, however, were amazing. Mm-hmm. Like our room steward, he was the most reassuring person on the entire cruise. Yeah, by the because I asked him, I said, "Are you concerned?" He said, I- "I'm not concerned." He said, "I've been on way worse. We'll all be fine." And he just was going about his business and doing his thing. So I thought, okay, you know. But but he was. But every time I saw him in the hall, I said, "Okay, Nick, can I, can I ask you again? Are we going to be fine?" He said, "Things will be fine." But we never heard things will be fine from the bridge, not once. Wow. Well, I guess my final question here, Mary Lou, yeah. uh, would you cruise again? Likely, not likely in January. Mm-hmm. I love the cruising experience, but this cruise was, it was, it was started out in, 
in a disappointing fashion, very small scale. Mm-hmm. Then we have the disappointment of not going to the private island. But in, in the light of what happened next, that was, that was nothing. It's the issue of being disrespected. And I also have this lingering sense that there's something else happened we weren't being told. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, welcome yeah. back and happy 25th wedding Thank anniversary. You. Thank you very much. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. On the line is Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, America's most quoted cruise expert. Stuart, you have uh, over 20 years in the industry. How are these decisions made when it comes to sailing into these kind of conditions? Well, Doug, it's actually uh, almost 29 years. Hard to believe. I didn't want to age you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you you aged me uh, there. But look, the most important thing that we can tell the listeners is that the cruise lines are never going to put their ships purposefully in harm's way. They're not going to risk the ship. They're not going to risk their passengers um, under any circumstances. Um, there's, there's no doubt that the captain felt that, um, I mean, it, ultimately it, it is his decision. It's not like, you know, you've got people in Miami, um, you know, sitting, uh, you know, in beach chairs with their feet up and saying, you know, you've got to sail through this. We, we know how bad it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, had they known how bad it's going to be, uh, look, the, the, you know, all the, these, the TV stations, they have weather guessers, they have information, uh, the cruise lines have access to the same information. Um, they they consult um, with their home office. They they deal with what's going on board uh, the ship. They share information with other ships and they make decisions. But they're not going to do something that is going to put the ship in harm's way. Now, every year we know that you know we have there's different stories. There's rogue waves, you know, uh, on the east coast uh, of the North Atlantic here, uh, going between Florida and New York. I mean, you know, Cape Hatteras off the Carolina coast is one of the most treacherous areas to cruise by this time of year. It's nothing new. People are, are cruising out of New York. They don't want to fly down to Florida. Cruise lines are not going to do anything that is that is unsafe, but it's certainly, you know, for the first uh, couple of days, it may not be the most pleasant of experiences, um, you know, as they sail, you know, in the, you know, in the North Atlantic. It's a horrible experience. I feel bad for them, but, you know, we've seen so much video of, we've seen over the years of bad weather and bad waves and this this was extraordinary. Yeah, remember the Royal Caribbean and the uh, what was it the anthem a couple of years ago? Correct. Yeah, it was actually that, last year. Yeah, yeah. wow, it's insane. Um, looking from what you're seeing, do you have any sense that the ship was in danger? Well, when you say danger, I, I mean I, I read uh, I read I saw some reports where you know some some passengers were were claiming the ship was tilting, which essentially is is listing. There's no information to say that the ship was in any danger. Unfortunately, you know water was you know coming in off the decks. Uh, going down uh, passenger, you know, passenger hallways, which um, you know is it, it, listen. The whole thing it, it, it can be frightening. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you, Doug, how many times uh, you know I've I've been on a ship that uh, was skirting on the outskirts of a hurricane, mm-hmm. um, which is certainly a whole lot you know worse uh, you know worse weather than this. And you know the captain telling us as we're sailing out of Miami, for example. That, uh, you know, probably within the next four to five hours, you know, we can expect 40 to 50 foot seas or, you know, some really severe weather as we skirt the uh, outside of, of a hurricane in, in the Caribbean. They try to mitigate and minimize the experience that the ship is going to feel. You know, there's certain things that you can't, uh, you know, you know storms, storms turn. They intensify. Uh, you know, the captains are going to do the, the very best that they can, but, I mean, you're going to have some high seas. Uh, a couple of years ago in Hawaii, I mean, there was a decision that was made in the abundance of caution to reroute the ship. We had to leave Maui early, and instead of uh, going to the big island, 
uh, which would have taken us closer to the hurricane, uh, we went to Kauai hmm. and spent uh, and spent the day in in Kauai, and then you know we had to spend the next 24 hours. Uh, heading for the Big Island, and you know we got within about a hundred miles of the center of the storm, and uh, you know they they minimized the experience. Okay, we, we you know it wasn't the the greatest experience that night, but then you know we had the best weather in Kauai, and we wound up with two two very nice days uh, on the Big Island. Is this one of those things that cruisers should know what they're getting into if they decide to cruise in January? Well, you know January and February are are rough, and first of all, you know it, you should you absolutely should know. That you know this this time of the year you know does experience bad weather. Mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate that you know these passengers did have an experience that uh, frightened a lot of people. Very understanding, um, you know how they felt, but you know the the, the safety of of the passengers and the, and the ship is is the most important part of of the cruise lines. Yeah, uh, I mean this is where they this is where they do business, and uh, you know unfortunately these these are moving cities. And uh, they they just they they do have to get through it. But you know when you see these these reports, Doug, and you you see um, passengers that uh, you know would say you know it would be it would have been okay if they had brought us back a day early, or you know it would have been okay for us to you know come back a day late. Well, we we've seen it you know this past fall with a an extraordinary and unprecedentedly busy hurricane season that impacted so many arrivals and departures of ships. Where that isn't true, that that you know you're always going to have people that are unhappy no matter what you do, and unfortunately the cruise lines you know they have to make their decisions based on the best available information at that time, forecasted you know forecasting looking forward to minimize the the negative experience for both the passengers and the ships. Well, let's talk about compensation. A lot of guests want compensation. Does the passenger bill of rights or the cruise contract come into play here at all? Well, I mean, Doug, it, it really doesn't. It's yeah. not it's not anything that they, they could have done. It's not like uh, they could have pulled over and you could have left and then you could have had uh, you know some kind of a, uh, a there's no refund. There's there's nothing. It's it's weather. I mean, this is this is an act of God. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't something that they were negligent about. It, look, it's, it's 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 almost like you know with norovirus. Well, I was confined to my cabin for for two or three days. Well, okay. Going back to you know the, the question of of compensation, this is nothing that the cruise line did, and on, unfortunately, it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, but they 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 have to do what is in the best interest of the ship and the passengers. All right, Stuart. In closing, give me your final thoughts. Well, Doug, the final thoughts are, you know, it's it's very unfortunate that, um, you know, the the passengers had to experience such horrible weather, which is, you know, somewhat common on the Northeast at this time of year. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the, the experience wasn't exactly what they thought it was, but this is the ocean. Mm-hmm. And these are the types of experiences that, that happen every so often. It's very extraordinary. And, uh, and and very unfortunate. I, I feel very badly for those passengers, but um, it, this isn't the first, and it's not going to be the last time. Been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, America's most quoted cruise expert. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. My pleasure.
Now let's turn it over to you, the listener. What do you think? Should these passengers get compensation or um, should they have known that weather happens? I'd love to hear just your thoughts. No matter what you think, email me and let me know. Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. If you're listening uh, on your iPhone or Android, go to the show notes and just click that clickable uh, email link, Doug at cruiseradio.net. It'll launch your browser and boom, you can shoot me an email just like that. So once again, thanks for listening to this special episode of Cruise Radio. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. God bless. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on radio channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Follow me.